Hello and welcome to the Hidden Lives podcast. My name is Eva and I work with our Australia team. And I'm Subin and I work with the Nepal team. This podcast shares about the lives of people we've met during our work with the Leprosy Mission. Please note, the opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of the Leprosy Mission. The Leprosy Mission works towards the eradication of leprosy worldwide. For those who do not know yet what leprosy is, it is a neglected tropical disease that affects some of the poorest people in the world. If you want to learn more, please visit the Leprosy Mission Australia website. Throughout our work, we meet a lot of amazing people who are often hidden or forgotten by society because of having leprosy or other disabilities. In this podcast, we want to share their stories with you. In this episode, we would like to introduce you to Naraj. Naraj is 28 years old and he was happily married and felt that life was going along perfectly until an accident changed his life forever. But before we talk about that change, Let's go back and revisit the start. So Naraj was born into a poor family and at six years old, he moved to India to work as a house help. I think what we need to talk about with what Naraj has done is the geographical context of Nepal and India. Since Nepal and India have an open border and we do not need visa to travel back and forth between the two countries, people do that quite a lot. So young adults and adults or even children move to India to find work and most of them get work in hotels, work as daily laborers and a very rare few of them go on to get good jobs. And because of that they do move into these territories at a really young age, they're devoid of education. Was it the same for Niraj as well? Yes, so Niraj was saying that he worked there for you know 22 years which is all of his childhood all of his teen years and into his young adult life one of the things he did say to me was that he did regret that he didn't get the opportunity to go to school because of his family situation but in his 20s he returned to nepal uh, where he started to work in a factory as a cook did he ever tell you what it was that made him return back home He didn't quite say, but from some of the other comments he made, it sounded like that his family's situation was more financially stable in his 20s. He he does mention a bit further on in his conversation with me that his family had property now and they had land. And so potentially it was to do with having a bit more financial stability. Yeah, I mean, is it the same? Tell me if it's not the same in Australia, but for us, Assets are a huge sign of stable income. So if you actually have enough money to get a land, because most people would actually get a land with cash on a cash basis, if they are able to afford a property, they will feel they are really financially stable. Is it the same for you as well? Yes. Um, In terms of financial stability, if you do have land, amazing. You must be quite stable, financially stable. But in saying that with the younger generation now, land is so expensive that often it's really difficult to be able to buy land or to afford it. But for Naraj, uh, things were going great. He was back in Nepal, he was working and he actually then got married as well, which was really good. Things were happening really well. But around One and a half years or two years ago now, one day while driving his motorbike, he got hit by a car and that fractured his arm and broke his right leg. 
and it was so severely broken, his leg, that it needed to be amputated. So he spent a lot of time in hospital in a lot of pain uh, going through this trauma. But at, the t at that time, during his recovery, his wife also left him. And so he was left to, to recover emotionally and physically as well. Left him as in they got divorced or... I'm actually not quite sure at this point. Uh, he didn't mention whether it was a divorce or not, but from how he sort of said it, it sounded like his wife wasn't able to cope with the fact that he had, he now has an amputation and that he doesn't have his leg anymore um, and that his recovery process was going to be so long and so painful. So it sounded like from what he was saying that perhaps his wife left him for those, those reasons. But because of that, he spiraled into depression. After leaving hospital, he came out with no job, abandoned by his wife um, and needing to sort of restart life for himself, which I can imagine must have been pretty difficult for him. Especially considering the fact that he was 28, 29 at the time. And then also the fact that he had do not, did not have any degree to fall back on, not an education. And all he was really going off of was his sort of work as a cook in a factory, which I believe would be really hard given his accident and his need for recovery. So it's actually, if you trace his story back, it's actually, you can actually see how he comes out of it. Mm. Yes, and maybe those are some of the reasons as well as to why his wife might have left as well, recognizing that life could be really difficult. And I think it's a really great point that you've brought up in terms of uh, having no real thing to fall back on. Is it really difficult for people who have a disability to find employment in rural areas? I mean, it's not just in rural areas, I think even in city areas, it's really difficult to, to be able to find a job um, because one of our projects works for an employer-inclusive, disability-inclusive employer environment. And then they often tell how difficult it is to convince employers to give people with different abilities jobs. Like especially in like, with Neeraj's case, even if he has lost his sort of use of one of his legs, if he had something to fall back on, a degree or an education, he would be able to do some desk jobs that does not require that much moving around. Mm -hmm. But since he did not have any of those things, there was nothing that he could do. So even if, and even if people do have that knowledge and do have that background, it actually takes a lot of convincing to employers to be able to give them jobs. But that's not, not to say there has not has been any work done in that regard. There has been work done, but more needs to be done. Mm. And I think uh, Niraj was also telling us that because of the fracture on his arm, he still can't carry really heavy things, uh, and which means that he can't really work as a day laborer. No, so day laborer, as people might recall, requires really physical capabilities to be able to execute some of the jobs. But with Niraj's case, since he does not have proper use of his arms and feet because of the accident, it will be really difficult for him to find a good job did he spiral into depression after that yes and so from what you sort of explained i can sort of see why and understand why his mental health was so affected so naraj 
was really depressed over this time. And even when I spoke to him, he was feeling like life was just looking really down. Things were just not looking up and he didn't really know where to go from here. He was telling me that he moved into a house owned by his family after he was discharged from hospital, but that over time, his family had stopped visiting him anymore. And I actually wondered about that. I wondered if it was because his family didn't quite know how to manage or help him through his depression. And so perhaps they found it really hard to relate to him because he must have been having a lot of really depressing thoughts, thinking through um, how life is, is not going well, how he can't get himself out of this rut. And over time, when, when you, are, you keep on talking to someone who just goes through this cycle, it can be so difficult for families to know how to respond. You raise a brilliant point about how cues and things add up and then people keep spiraling downward and for in his case it was not just one thing it was a set of things he could not find a job his wife had left him his parents stopped visiting it was a set of things that kept on happening over and over again and that sort of sent him down the edge but also with parents and in Nepal people don't actually talk about our mental health it's something that is just being brought up now and if you think about entities and disabilities it's still the conversation still needs to happen more so it's, I don't think anyone in particular is to blame for what's happened to him, but then people don't know how to deal with this stuff. And we have never been taught in our schools or our degrees how to deal with these things. And, and it goes for you as a person and for your parents as well, especially if you're, when your parents come from an older generation who did not have an idea of mental health and mental diseases to deal with something in neurological case, it must have been quite extreme depression. To deal with that, they probably have been completely out of the depth. And that is exactly what I sort of got the sense from what I got. It sounded like his community didn't quite know how to support him with his severe depression as well. Uh, and he sounded like he needed actually maybe to talk it through with a psychologist or a counsellor. Even for the young people who are aware of mental health and mental issues, I do not think we are equipped enough to be able to deal with these issues if it ever happens to us, which is what brings the point of seeking professional help. And especially in villages, there is not any professional help for this. Mm. So, and for him to seek medication, he actually has to recognize that he is in a mental health issue, he's in depression, and then seek out professional help, which in itself is a brave thing to do. So the day that I met him, uh, he was actually being supported by one of our projects to receive an artificial leg to help him walk again. I think at this moment, it's a good point uh, to say or to highlight that the leprosy mission, although one of our big focuses is to work with people with leprosy, we do also support other people with other disabilities and other neglected tropical diseases as well in different projects. So Naraj was being supported to receive this artificial leg. Uh, and when he was getting the leg, he felt really happy and positive about this new leg because for him, he felt that if he could be normal again, if he could go back to the way he was before, be able to walk on his own two legs, then he can do work and he can do a lot more things. Sometimes the slightest of health can do a lot of wonder 
in a person's life and from what you've said and going off of the story that he is of Niraj I feel that that could be a cue for him to go on to do something better for himself and to actually start looking for opportunities and start finding them but in saying that we also need to acknowledge the fact that it will not be easy for him to do that but was he was he happy and optimistic that that he got a new leg and that he can actually walk on his own two feet so at the time i felt he was a bit cautious about that too so i think he had a bit of hope going on uh, but at the first fitting because this was the first time he was being fitted for this leg and so he still had to practice on the day he wasn't able to walk uh, really well on that leg yet since it was the first time he had it on and he was still feeling a lot of discomfort and it was still a little bit painful to sort of wait there or to put weight on that amputated leg of his with the support that we give to our beneficiaries and our clients i think some people might think that we will or the support will take away all their problems which not necessarily does not happen always and with niraj it's a so slow process it is going to be a slow process and that him getting used to his new leg going out searching for a job and then getting the support from his family and from his wife if she's around in the picture would be something that's going to happen over a long period of time and then i think he might have trouble coming face to face with that reality yes and i think it sounded like with the leg he's going to need to practice and he's going to need persistence in order to get better with that leg and i wondered with his mental state if he would have the strength to persist in this this is also where we can come in with the lepra submission one of our initiatives can come in is like give him mental health support to the best that we can so that he can because it's so closely tied to his physical health that we can actually help him through his mental issues as well and i think as well in addition to that he's part of one of the self help groups that's supported by one of our projects now so he just recently joined them but there are other people in that group with artificial legs and they are all moving around really easily walking around as if they were their real legs and i think he's being able to see this uh, and seeing that other people can actually recover from this well i know people who have who can use vehicles even they even both of their legs are amputated so it certainly is a possibility but then he needs to recognize that as well and then it's going to be a slow process for him but he i think it's fair to say he can be happy or optimistic towards the future yeah and i think it, what i was really encouraged by was that a lot of those members as well were saying things to him like oh don't worry once you practice you're going to be able to walk in no time and so it, i felt like there was a bit of support for him there as well which will hopefully be able to help him during this time i guess he also said to me once he's able to walk normally again he does have dreams he wants to open a small hotel or maybe a tea shop one day and i hope that one day perhaps he'll be able to get there but absolutely i think we talked a lot about mental health in this episode today and for niraj it was an area that he needed a lot more help with and we need to build awareness that there are people who need that help it's not just with niraj i think this conversation encapsulates so many people like him that we might not 
have been able to give our support to. Even though with all that we do, with our initiatives all around Nepal, there were the people that we could end up missing. And this needs to be incorporated within the government systems and our education system itself on how better we can talk about mental issues and mental health problems. Mm, absolutely. So uh, that's Naraja's story. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions or any comments or any feedback on this episode or any of the previous episodes, uh, please let us know. Please send us an email at communications at leprosymission.org.au. And we will see you or speak to you again soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.